Welcome to Fred Wings Podcast, where Smashville and Hockey Town collide. And now your hosts, Brett and Ron White and D-Law, Dan Lawless. Hello, Rat and Ron, and welcome to episode 11. The special effects, I like it. Yeah, yeah working welcome, at, welcome to eleven. Working welcome on some this. things this week at our new studio. That's right. That's right. Yeah, it's uh, you know, one thing I have to say is since we started doing this, you know, I've I've always been like a devout Red Wings fan, but like Tom called me out in that one interview we had with him. You know, I was spoiled. I'm spoiled when it comes to hockey. But the one thing this podcast has done for me is it's really allowed me to dig a little bit deeper, try to get bigger scoops. Like, And I'm hoping that we're conveying that to, to you listeners out there. Um, but, yeah, let's... Uh, you want to you get rolling there, D-Law? Yeah, same thing with me. I, I've... I've becoming less of a homer as you always call me out being oh you're a homer for the predators and all that but so you have to appreciate hockey you know you have to love your team be passionate about your team but don't be a jack edwards please and so um just just a reminder uh you can find uh, you can email us with your questions and comments to predwings podcast at gmail.com and twitter at predwings pod and also on facebook at predwings podcast and this coming uh sunday which uh, for most of you listening will be if you're listening to it uh when it's published uh would be tomorrow that's may 1st sunday at 1 p.m we are going to have a live playoff show it won't be it probably won't be as long as a normal show it'll be just be it'll be just breaking down the playoff matchups which are pretty much almost set uh tonight as yeah, it's we pretty wrap wild up the that, that, they're, that they're not yet usually it's it's just amazing that they're coming down to like the wire not to get into the playoffs necessarily but just to get positioning so it's still you know people still have skin in the game and it's it's exciting hockey this time of year and speaking of coming down to the wire, our fantasy hockey championship is coming right down to the wire. And this is the closest I've ever had a championship game. Oh, my Cur- God. Currently, you're leading me by 40 points, or well, actually 35 points. Can, can you just uh, can you give like a, a breakdown of the team name and the scores? Uh, of course, you had start to Start with there. the home team. Start with the home team. I don't know. Well, actually, I would be the home team because I'm the. I had the number That's one right. seed. The predictable Preds, which I always pick that name. Just they're slightly the trailing by just a few points. They're at twenty-seven fifty-five in this league, and, and they're being beaten by the visiting. Well, who are they, Dan? Pred Hunter. Oh, that killed you to say that. I could hear it in your voice. Holy mackerel! Yeah, you you did not want to say and, that for some reason. Uh, I was. Okay. Well, I was leading leading the predictions. Oh, now it just went up to twenty eight ten. 
Um, yeah, but you just jumped my, to 27. Oh, you stayed the same. But my – well, I do have Forsberg later and Yossi and Ekholm. Um, but your projection just got a lot higher than mine. Yeah, I don't believe I, that. My projection unless was the, higher. Unless the Preds are going to sit any of them. But I don't, I, don't well, have a I don't have a prayer. Half my team was sitting tonight because of those stupid maintenance days, which we'll get into later on in the show. But uh, we got some recaps to go over. Do we? Uh, well, I yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I actually, I think it's your last uh, recap of the season. Not to rub it in. Yeah. No, of course not. Who, who do I start with here? Uh. The, well, it would be the Penguins. Which was last Saturday game. Yeah, I, I don't even want to break that that game down and, and it really comes down I mean, I, I say this every week. I'm a broken record. I'm not trying to be cliche or funny, but as a devout Red Wings fan, you don't want to get on the show here and just talk about how pathetic your your team is playing. Um Yeah, DeKaiser sure didn't. Yeah, and and, and I mean p- Pittsburgh's had their number all year, except for the couple of games in the beginning when everything was, you know, still trying to be figured out. But the Penguins are just, they're, they're a strong team. They're coming on big. That's one of Tom's sleeper picks. The Red Wings are not in a, you know, they're not in a position to, to do much. But, you know, the whole game, they're just outpaced. And that seems to be the, the, the theme. And, you know, I don't know if that's due to conditioning. I don't know if that's due to lack of experience because Detroit is a very young team. Or if that just comes down to a combination of both. I'm not quite sure, but that's definitely something that the Wings need to figure out here in the, uh, you know, the offseason to get themselves moving, you know, back into, you know, at least a positive direction to where they can, you know, start being competitive again. I'm not saying win every game, but, you know, getting beat like this to a team that's, you know, they're, they're a good team, but we can't lose to good teams like this and get just annihilated. So if you didn't yeah. see it, it was a seven. Were you going to say something, D-Log? Uh, I, I was just going to say, and it must have been so bad because DeKaiser and his post-game comments, which we'll get into in a few seconds, um, he, I, he didn't really talk about the game. Yeah, why, why he was up there is, is beyond me. Uh, but it was a 7-2 loss, 7-2 blowout. Let's just call it what it is. Uh, you have... You know, Ruedels comes right out, gets his fourth of the, the season. Um, you know, he had Bluger and McGinn on the assist. Uh, then you have Crosby comes up, get, and that's his 30th of the year. Um, you know, he's he's uh, got that assist from Raquel and Latang, And I didn't realize Chris Latang had 57 assists. I know he's always up there, but, man, that's that's impressive. That's because he's on the line with uh, – uh, uh, usually with Crosby and Melkin. Yep, and this is where Detroit starts to actually start playing back. So in the first period, you know, towards the end of the period, Jacob Vrana nets his 13th goal, Mantha who? Um, and he gets, you know, Burt gets his 30th assist, Sider gets his 43rd assist, and, you know, it sets it to a 2-1 game. So, I mean, Detroit's, Detroit's hanging at this point. You know, the first period, they're actually they're, they're playing from behind. Well, second period kicks out, and 17 seconds in, Michael Rasmussen scores a goal, ties it up 2-2. So, you know, that, that really you would think that that would set the tone for the second period. You, you, you get a goal in, in 17 seconds into the period, and from then on it's just a complete implosion 
I don't know what happened. I don't know why it happened. I, I can't even break that down. And it probably makes me sound terrible, but I, I don't even know how to put an assessment on that. But they just broke down terribly. Raquel gets his 20th. Latang gets his 9th. Malkin nuts his 18th. Your favorite boy right there. Um, Crosby gets his 53rd assist on the Malkin goal. Uh, third period starts. You got Heinen netting his 18th. Latang gets his 57th. A you two moron. Point night. Yeah, two point night for Latang. Uh, then your boy Malkin gets his second. You moron. Ruedel gets his second point of the game. So they just played well. You know, they're a team that can finish. They start the game. They finish the game. Uh, and the Red Wings, you know, depending on which team comes out, they're either going to not not start the game off well and then play from behind and, and lose or they're going to take a lead and get caught and get demolished so that I was so we can win a game <laughs> that is accurate so yeah that was the uh you know that's a breakdown of the pittsburgh detroit debacle which they get blown out constantly but it is what it is so um now you have you, you've got a sound bite that you want to play here of DeKaiser and Blashill? Um, we kind of got, got away from us a bit there and kind of in the second. Um, but, uh, you know, the fans mean a lot to us. They've been, uh, they've been here all year long um, through, the, you know, through the good days and the bad days. And, um, you know, we appreciate them very much. Well, I, I thought the first half of the year, uh, I thought we were, we were pretty good at home. Um, you know, we, we brought uh, good energy to the games. Uh, the fans certainly helped bring energy to, uh, to some of those home stands that we had. And, um, you know, for some reason early in the year, we, we kind of had it going on at home a bit and, you know, kind of um, got a little stagnant. We got, you know, our play got a little stagnant at home uh, towards the second half of the season. Um, you know why? I'm not exactly sure, but, uh, you know, definitely the first, first half of the year, I thought we were pretty good and the fans, uh, you know, helped a lot uh, with that. Definitely, uh, you know, you have thoughts that, that go through your head, like, uh, you know, if it is your last home game or not. But, um, you know, that, that stuff will... Uh, Take care of itself in the summer. Um, you know, there's really not not a whole lot to, to worry about right now. Yeah, it's it's been uh, you know obviously a dream come true to play here, uh, growing up, uh, idolizing this team and, and playing here. Um, you know, it's uh, I, I come to the rink every day. You know, you know that I'm uh, pretty lucky to be able to play uh, not only in the NHL but uh, for my hometown team as well. So it's it's been special for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And as much as I blast the guy, like I kind of feel for him because he 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 was brought in. He was one of a, a Ken Holland. Um, you know, he, he thought that, oh, I got a steal and Danny DeKaiser snagging him from Western Michigan, getting him right out of college. And, you know, he's from Detroit. He's so athletic. And DeKaiser hasn't been bad. He's just, he, he's not good on the puck. He tends to turn it over. And I'm getting, I'm digressing here from the comments, but. I feel for the guy. Like I want to see him succeed. You can you can hear it in his voice that you know this is a team I grew up with. This is a team I want to be on. This is what I want to do. He's just not able to do it, and that's that's what's tough. And I and that's why I kind of feel for the guy because he he wants to be good, but yeah, his comments are pretty much just trying to save face with, with the fans. It sounds like you know how great our fans are and our fans have supported us and you know through the ups and downs and yeah, the fans are there. The fans are there. They're gonna. They're gonna appreciate you. They're gonna hate you. It's. It's a roller coaster. But yeah, this year has been disappointing. And uh, but let's let's hear a blast on that. And listening to De Kaiser comments, it almost sounds like he's thinking that he might not be back. 
Or well, I, mean, I mean, I don't know if he's probably not going to retire, but he just doesn't. Sound right between the lines. It sounds like he doesn't think he's going to be back. He's not. They waived him for a reason. Well, yeah. Nobody picked him up, so Detroit was stuck with him, and it got down to it. And unfortunately, he was one of the better options available. And that just that just shows you how the depth is on on the Red Wings and how how poor their defensive depth is. But yeah, I don't think you're going to see DeKaiser next year. I don't think you're going to see Blashill next year. You're probably going to see the likes of Mitchell Stevens and. Uh, Sam Gagne, they'll probably be gone. You'll see Stahl back for his veteran leadership on the defensive side. Um, you know, Bertuzzi's the wild card to me. Bertuzzi and Zadina. I like Zadina. We didn't get to see him in the last few games here because of his appendicitis. But I think he brings – I think he's got a higher ceiling. Because if you watch him play, he never gives up. The puck just finds this guy. It just finds him. What he does with it needs to be groomed. I think if you can get the right bench boss behind the bench to actually help groom and grow this kid, I think he could be a great, solid second liner. You know, I think he could play great with with uh, uh, Verana. You know, I think him him and Verana have a good connection right now, and I, I say you keep them together. And, and even Valeno on that line here and there was playing very well. But I, I like that line. I, I, I think Zadina is somebody you might see stay with the team but then again i'm you, you never know same with bertuzzi he's going to be asking for a paycheck he nets 30 goals this year um you know he, he's uh i don't know i don't know it's, that's that's a tough one and now we have uh we have Blashill's comments from this uh the penguins game too you know, I, I've spoken on it uh, quite a bit, and uh, it's um, the, the atmosphere has been great. The, the fans have been uh, great. You know, the first part of the year when we had real good record here at home, uh, it showed what an electric building this is. You know, I, I mentioned uh, uh, that with uh, with Chris Illich, actually, what a job they did in, in, in uh, designing this building because it's allowed. Um, our fans have always been extremely passionate, um, and, and you see that in, in a loud building like this. So it's uh, it, it's been you know it's been. Uh, uh, it was a big part of that first half of the season success. I thought uh, the fans uh, are doing as good a job as they've done. I think, you know, ultimately, um, uh, you want to be great at home. Uh, you want it to be an intimidating environment. Um, uh, and certainly, as, as the team continues to build, uh, if you can create that intimidating environment, it's a huge part. You, don't, you want opponents dreading coming in here, and, and uh, hopefully... Uh, uh, you know, you can see that with this type of building that, that uh, you can have that. Well, ultimately, in the rules, if they, if they deem that, that basically, for, for lack of a better explanation, if, if they're in the act of uh, shooting the puck in the net, even if the whistle goes prior to that, um, then it's a goal. So that's, that's uh, what they felt. He was all over the place. Yeah, he, he's going to land a coaching spot. You know, in, in all reality... As much as this guy's gone, and I can't, I shouldn't say I can't stand him. I, it's not that I can't stand the guy. He's just overworn his welcome. Um, he's kind of gone dry. The players aren't receptive. They're not growing the way they should be. He, he's not going to make it. He could land in another NHL job. I mean, if there's a team that's a little bit more well-established, I think Blashell could, could definitely become a good coach. But, I mean, he was kind of dealt a hard deck, you know, throughout the years. And I, I just... You know this team is better, but it's still not. It's it's still not a great team. It's still not even, you know. Uh, I guess we'll say we're okay now. We're not a good team. 
So, I mean, he's he's kind of had an f- unfair shake in his career in Detroit, but it is what it is. Um, you know, that's, that's business. That's what happens. So, yeah, I, I don't think you'll see him back next year. And I know there's a lot of people that actually feel that he might get another crack in the, N- in the NHL, but um, – and he may. He may, but that's okay. But let's move on to some positive um, – you know, let's let's move on to a positive note here. Uh, Detroit goes in and plays the Devils. Now, this is a game that A is meaningless, means nothing to either side. This is a game where both teams can go out there and just have fun and win or lose. It doesn't matter. Um, but that's not the type of hockey that that I want to watch. That's not the type. I mean, both teams are so inadequate. They look like just a couple of high school teams. It's almost like when you're, when you're playing a high school sport or, or any organized sport, it could be men's league. It could be youth. It doesn't matter. But if you're one of the worst teams in the league, you just wait and you hope and you pray that that day comes soon enough where you play the second worst team, because then it's a fun game. You have two terrible teams battling it out and it's the toilet bowl essentially. So sounds like our our adult league. Yeah, so I mean the the Red Wings have, you know, two I'm going to recap two toilet bowl games this week. But this one the, the Wings came out and they won it. You know, they had fun, they actually had good puck possession, but that's because they weren't challenged. They weren't playing a good team. So they weren't challenged. They had more time with the puck. They had t- longer to think. So they were able to complete their passes. They had more puck possession in the New Jersey zone. That's something they're not used to. Usually they're taking shots from the slot of their own zone, but this time they were bringing it to the Devils. Um, So overall, the Wings played a good game. Uh, You know, Ned had a shutout. That's his fourth, which is uh, um, he's tied for the lead um, in Detroit for the most shutouts in your your rookie season with four. Um, So... You know, that just that tells me a little bit about Ned too. Well, there's a lot of doubters and people who are blaming uh, the goaltending this year. It's not. It's not the goaltending. You know, the, yes, there's shots that are going to get let in. Yes, there's those gaffes like Ned had what a month ago. But overall, it takes it takes time for a goalie to develop. Now you have a rookie who is tied with the likes of like the, your Terry Sawchucks people whose banners are hanging in the rafters so he's not a terrible goalie when you're getting deflections in front of the net nobody could you could have Patrick Waugh back there and it's not gonna it's not gonna make a difference so it's nice that we've got a goaltender that is going to be adequate for us in the long haul so Ned gets his gets a shutout in the game um Let's talk about the goal scorers. So we have Oscar Sundquist. He gets his eighth goal of the season. He ends up with a two-point night, so he had a good night. Um, you know, Tyler Bertuzzi, you know, he he got his hot his hot streak uh, kept going. He gets a goal, puts him at 29. He's looking to get that 30th and get a career high. Um, he also had two points on the season. Um and then uh, he, he's also got he's got 60 points on the year. So I mean he's he's having a great a great year, Tyler Bertuzzi, and that's why I think he's good. he could be a good trade bait, bait item because, you know, depending on what we can get in the draft and who's available and, you know, what what veteran can we bring in um, for Bertuzzi? I mean, there, there's a lot. There's a lot of – he's a good playing chip. 
for the Red Wings. And I think I think there's a good possibility that you'll see him traded at at, at during the offseason. Not because of his skill, not be, because of where he is, but I think Bertuzzi is close to hitting his ceiling. And he's not the leader on the team. He doesn't carry an A. So, you know, he might be a good one to go. Uh, but we'll see. Michael Michael Rashmussen, he comes in, he gets an empty netter. You know, he nets his 14th goal of the season. You know, it's, he's having a great year. He's really turned it up, like I've said, week after week uh, on the back end of this um, season. And he's playing great. But, again, they're out there having fun. Um, but it's just it was a slow and equally paced game. And I think that's what made a difference in this game did you happen to catch any of it or or no uh i didn't see any of that game okay but you you've got some uh you've got some post game comments yeah yeah let's uh, let's hear let's let's hear ned i think i think we have ned and blashill that we're gonna hear you know some some things were said in the room after the game yesterday i think we kind of just you know we've had too many of those games where we ended up getting kind of blown out and, and um, you know, today I think was a big game for some guys to, to kind of rebound and, and right the ship in a way, um, you, you know, myself included. Um, it's been that kind of last few months and, uh, you know, we got to find a way to, to, to stop that from happening and, um, you know, coming out with more of these kind of performances like we did today. Yeah. Just cause you're not getting, you know, you're not getting as many shots and you're not really, it's tough to get into a rhythm. Um, only facing, uh, you know, a few shots every few minutes. So, uh, but I'll take it. It was great. We played great defensively. We didn't give them that many looks. Um, and then the couple that they did, uh, they either missed the net or um, I was able to, to swallow the puck. So it was, uh, you know, I'll take that night um, any day. That we, you got to play for pride and you have to play for yourself, if nothing else. And um, and understand that there's a lot of a lot of history behind that jersey, behind that logo. And you know, not everybody gets to do that. Guys talk, you know, you always hear guys talking about playing for an original six team and how different it is compared to other teams around the league. And, um, you know, you need to take some pride in that. Yeah, I agree with everything that he's saying. Um, but there's one thing that, yes, Detroit has a lot of history. Yes, they're one of the best original six franchises. I, I do agree with all that. But history is history. Why don't we rewrite history? Why don't we create our own history? Why don't you form an identity now? Like, yes, it's it's great to put on the winged wheel. Yes, it is. But it's better to put on the winged wheel and win. So hopefully Ned's going to have another great season next year. Again, I was impressed with what he did this year. So, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see where where he ends up for us. I actually think it's going to be much better than people think. So I think he's got a lot of talent that just needs to be cultivated. Um, Cause you see, he makes mistakes. You see, he wants to play the puck. He wants to get active back there. Sometimes he's thinking one step ahead of where he should be. Um, but I'm excited. I'm excited, but let's move on to Blasio. Let's, let's hear what this boob had to say. Our both teams, uh, you know, are missing a number of key players, and so it's a different kind of game than it would be if, if both teams that were full strength. Um, and so there's, you know, there's going to be some limited offensive um, uh, firepower, I guess I'd say, missing out of both teams. And so at that point, um, you know, you got to you got to continue to check well. You can't give up anything easy. 
I think, you know, and you got to find a way to, to a goal. And, and, and ultimately we did, um, you know, we, we were able to win a challenge and a goal they scored. I thought early in the third, we got loose and, uh, and Ned made some big saves at that point. Um, overall, I thought we did, you know, a good, pretty good job of, of playing the right way. I thought we kind of got it back after being uh, loose in the early part of the third and, um, and then found our way to a win. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's always nice to hear the victory speech, but at the same time, you can kind of hear in his voice, like, we just won the toilet bowl. Like, we almost tried to implode in the third period like we do every game, and if we were playing a team with a winning record, we probably would have had 10 goals in the third period, but he's just happy to come out with a W. He's got to say that they should play better because, again, you're playing – a team that's equally as bad as you are. So it's not really a true test to what type of a team you have. It's like I said, you have the, you know, it's like mathletes going at, going at it. Like they're just, they're the worst people in the world. Like they're just not, I'm not, they're all athletes, but they're just not able to keep up with the powerhouses of Colorado's and Toronto's and Pittsburgh's and, you know, teams like that Nashville. So yeah, I mean, you again, this is kind of what we expected of Detroit this year. So, you know, that's, it is what it is. We, we got a three, nothing victory in this game and it was pretty exciting. So speaking uh, of Toronto. Yeah. 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 So next game here is against Toronto. Now Toronto is just, they're big. They're fast. They bring it to you. They bring it to you in different angles. They bring it to you in different looks. Austin Matthews will literally shoot the puck from any place, anywhere. He's got a snapshot, a wrist shot. I mean, trick shots. I mean, the guy's got everything. He's, he's an incredible player, just absolutely incredible. But they just, they brought it to Detroit all game long, right off the bat. You could just see that it was not going to, uh, you know, it's not going to be, it wasn't going to be a pretty game. Detroit couldn't get possession of the puck. They couldn't pass it. Um, it's almost like they panic. As soon as they get into a situation where they play a team that's a little bigger, a little stronger, all their fundamentals just go. It's like panic hockey. Just get the puck away as fast as possible. I don't want to have a turnover. I'm just going to whip it towards the nearest person. Kind of like beer league. You know, like when I'm in the corner and you're going down the middle of the ice and somebody's coming after me, it's like I am not fast. I'm just going to throw this as fast as I can to you so you can try to do something with it. And I'd say one out of every four might hit your stick. So, I mean, what do, what do you think, D-Law? Do you think, uh, do you think that's pretty accurate about my passing to you? Your passing to me was on the money, especially those one right up the, right up the middle of the ice to Heck spring yeah. for the breakaways. But, I mean, a lot of those were actually desperation, like, oh, my God, somebody's going to catch me. I can't skate this. I'm just going to get it to you as fast as possible. And, and that's kind of how Detroit played this game. It was just get the puck, get it away as fast as possible. Get the puck, oh, my God, get it away as fast as possible. Because Toronto brought the heat all night long. Well, the first play- period, though. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, players generally can't skate faster than the puck. So, you know, you're right. You're right. The best thing to do is to move the puck. That's right. And teams can do that against Detroit. And Detroit can't do that against any team. But the first period of this game, I thought they played pretty great. I thought they kept the pace. 
Um, there were no whistles in this game. It was bizarre. So any of you listeners out there that actually watched this game, the first period, it was almost like there was no stoppages. It was the fastest game I've ever seen. Like, I think they only had one set of commercials. It was nuts. It was absolutely insane, the pace that this game had. But it, it was fun. The first period was fun to watch. Um, in the they second, get more com- we had more commercials than they did? Pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. But in the second, you could tell that the Red Wings started to fade. Their passing started to not be as crisp. Their defense started breaking down. And that goes back to, is it because they're not trained, that they're not in shape, that they're not ready for the game, or is it their inexperience against a team like this? And yes, I know we're comparing Toronto, a powerhouse in the NHL right now, to the Red Wings, who is a dumpster fire, who is getting better. You know, the, the fire department and Steve Eiserman are there to put that dumpster fire out and right the ship. But I don't know. I don't know what's causing it. I mean, they well, just can't finish. He must be a junior firefighter because he's not working very fast. No, no. The, he's house, not. the house is going to be burnt down before he can fix it. But think about how long it took him to, to turn Tampa Bay around. It took a couple of years, a few years. It was not just a couple of years. It was, it was several years, but he was able to turn them around. He, he got them to a position and I know he can't take credit for it, but I'm going to give credit where credit I feel is due. And Steve Eisman put together the core of that team that has won back-to-back Stanley cups who could quite possibly go, be going for a third. So yeah, I'm, I'm trusting in the Iser plan, but getting back to this game here against Toronto, um, you, you know, in the third period, they just didn't show up. They couldn't keep up pace. They couldn't catch them. That Toronto just kept bringing it. Odd man rushes, shots from the point, and it was just one of those, thank God, thank God that Nadalkovich was playing a good game because they needed it. But... You know, it was just it was a complete meltdown. I don't I don't even know what else to think. But in the third, Matthew does net his his sixtieth goal. Congratulations to you, sir. That is quite the accomplishment. I know it there's a loophole and I'm gonna exploit it because I'm a Brett Hall Red Wings fan. But there was a report that he was the first ever American hockey player to net sixty goals. That's true and false at the same time. So Brett Hall was born in Canada, but lived in the United States. He's an American citizen, still lives in the U.S. While he was a citizen of the United States, he had several 60-goal years. So does that count as an American citizen? It didn't say American-born. It just said American citizen or American hockey player. Well, Brett Hall's a dual citizenship, so I'm wondering if they mean still false. Yeah, I know, but I, I get yeah. I get what they're saying. That's what I I said. it's a loophole, and I'm going to exploit it. I but mean, either way, but yeah, congratulations to you, Austin Matthews. That's that's quite an accomplishment. Either way, you know, it's great to have some electrifying players in the NHL, and you know, you're certainly one to watch. And I hate playing against you, but congratulations. As much as I hate your team. Um, that's definitely a, a, an accomplishment, but the entire game, they, they, they ended up playing from behind and they are not the type of team to play when they come from behind. So they need to stay ahead of the freaking game, but they don't, they don't. So 
Um, this is one of those games you can't get behind in. You you know, you're, the odds are not in your favor when you typically lose every single game that you're in. Um, but I want to point this out. So when you take the Red Wings and you look at their schedule, like actually go back and count the games, and you look at all the teams who had winning records at the end of this year. So any team with a winning record, when Detroit played them, Detroit's record was only 14 and 36. So out of 50 games, they only won 14. That's not going to get it done. Going 38% against powerhouse teams like that is not going to get you into the playoffs. You have to even that out a little bit more because you need to see how you can fare up against these better teams. So if Detroit really wants to, you know, turn things around, they got to learn how to win and, and play against. Maybe there's more preparation that needs to go into the games, but they need to get ready to play teams like that. Because, again, 14 and 36 against winning teams just isn't going to get that done. It's just not. It's just not. So your goal scorers of this game, you had Austin Matthews gets his 59th. Will he get his 60th? Um, kind of already let the cat out of the bag on that one. But then you've got another big-name player, Johnny T, the uh, pajama boy. He gets his 27th of the season. Um, and then Austin Matthews, he gets he gets it. He gets the 60th. Um, just It was a uh, great accomplishment. Gave a nod. Um, but I was glad to get that over with and, and move on. Um, did, did Tavares play for the Coyotes? You call him the pajama boy. Yeah, no, that's uh, Coyotes. Coyotes won jerseys. Uh, I don't know, quite a few years ago, look like pajamas. No, no, this is because there's a video when he refused to re-sign with the Islanders, and he wanted to play with Toronto. There was a picture circulating of little Johnny T by the Christmas tree in his Toronto pajamas, and he said how much he cherished this picture and how much that he wanted to play for his favorite team growing up and that was Toronto so he stuck it to the Islanders and ran off to Toronto so Islanders oh. fans call him pajama boy because oh. that's the, his little picture just a, a little, little cry baby. All right, I don't I don't have a crying sound effect I need one um, but I think we have a couple more sound bites it's probably you know my guess is gonna be the same cliche message yeah definitely um, and, you know I thought they had looks uh, earlier in the game, but you know I thought we did a pretty good job of um, you know keeping it to the outside and uh, Ned played great. Um, you know gave us a chance. Um, yeah, and that's uh, certainly a tough one to give up. Well, I mean, if you score sixty, um, you're finding ways to get it done no matter who you're matched up against. Um, you know he's a really special talent. Um, you know one of the top players in the league, certainly probably the top goal scorer. So, um, you know, he's going to get his looks and, um, you know, you just try and limit them and keep him to the outside as much as you can. And, you know, ultimately uh, found a way to break through tonight. Um, you know, one on one on the uh, power play, one kind of even strength there. So, um, yeah, certainly a tough guy to shut down, but, you know, we had some looks too to, to keep us in it and, um, Campbell made some saves. So, like I said, I mean, I thought we competed hard. Um, and, uh, you know, it's a, ultimately it's a tough loss. And, um, 
got to try and bounce back next game. Yeah, just like I said, just the same cliche. Got to go in front of the crowd or the, the media and just say a couple of things that make uh, just a couple of things about the game, what they could have done better, what they should have done better. Just given the old diplomatic cliche response. I think you have another one. Uh, your favorite pl- person. Yeah, of you know, I think going to these games, you're obviously playing a team that that's a, a real good hockey team. So you want to check great. Um, you want to keep. You want to stay in the game. You 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 honestly on the road. You want to kind of make the game boring in a game, in a situation like this, and uh, you want to find your way to capitalize on, on your chances. And uh, you know, we were able to keep the game zero zero for a long time. Uh, we had some chances to to be able to go up if you score. Uh, potentially, it's a different game. And and so I thought, you know, in a lot of ways, we we played and put ourselves in position going to the third period to win a hockey game. We would have preferred it to be zero zero. We would have preferred it for us to have the lead. But it's one nothing, and, and you're certainly the game's there to be had, and, and uh, we just weren't able to make the play to, to score the next goal, and unfortunately they got it. I thought we did a pretty good job of of, of defending and checking and being above them, and, and um, you know keeping the opportunities is for the most part to, to opportunities that were contested at least and not uh, you know big time chances, and and um, they certainly still got a few of them. They're going to create a few on their own. We made a few poor plays with the puck, but I thought we did a pretty good job. Uh, of, of, of keeping ourselves, you know, in, in position to win the hockey game. And that's, again, what, you know, we're, we're obviously a bit undermanned here. Um, you're, you're coming in and playing a team that, that needs the point or points. And, and so, you know, you want to keep keeping yourself on the road in position to win the hockey game. And we did that. To me, this was a tryout. To me, this was a tryout for Jeff Blashill saying, hey, we're at the end of the season. I'm going to give you everybody. I mean, Granite, you're missing Larkin and you're missing Zadina, but we want we want to see what you can do against this team. And as much as I don't like him, with those missing pieces, he still held him to three this game. And not that this is going to help or hinder his um, being in Detroit next year. But I think it actually, they played an okay game. And they just couldn't keep pace. But it was, you know, they only dropped three. Now, if it was 10 to nothing or, you know, 8 to 2, like every other game, then I'd say, yeah, you know what? But I think Blaschel really put a lot of extra effort into his coaching in this game because this was the last good team he was going to be facing. So he had to go and do something. He had to try to rally the troops. He had to do something to try to save face with the Illich family. So, and Steve Eiserman, obviously, but I think that was, I think that was important um, for him to do that. So, yeah, I, I'm not even, I'm not even worried about it. I think he's going to be gone. You know, I can keep saying, um, you know, I can keep bashing him and going and going and going, but it is what it is, but let's move on. Let's let's move on to uh, the Devils. Um, that game happened tonight. Luckily, we were recording after the fact because I wasn't going to give up my Red Wings game. Um, I don't know why they they gave up. I, I watch every game, but they had a good pace. They had a good pace the entire game. Um, you know, the one thing that I liked about tonight's game, and, and again, this goes back to the same comments I had about the first recap. It's a dumpster fire versus a car fire. Like, both teams are just 
burning alive. They're they're both in the early stages of rebuilds. So both teams are just god awful. They're just they're they're both terrible. And to have a team like that to finish the season out, I think is good for a team like Detroit. Being young, you want to go out on a on a high note. So this is a team that you can go out on a high note with. So you know, I, like I said, I, I think they kept a good pace. The passing was crisp. Again, you can do that against a team of equal or lesser um, skill than you. But they kept composure because New Jersey kept battling back. So every time Detroit would score, New Jersey would score. Detroit would score, New Jersey would score. Uh-oh. And I was a little nervous because this was a must must win game for me. And I mean, not for me, but in my mind, this is a must win game because you want to go into the offseason on a high note and losing to a piss poor team is not going to send you in. You know, people are going to be walking out of that locker room tonight with a different, completely different thought process if you lose this game. And with an already sour locker room, you don't want that. So this game was actually a lot bigger than I than than people realize. So, um, but again, you know, they kept their composure every time New Jersey would come and battle back. Then they, they finish ahead of Ottawa. Not that really. I mean, no, but yeah. it's it's so it's, I don't get a different pick, but they finish below Buffalo, so they get a better pick than Buffalo. Yeah, and, and <laughs> you know, there's just there there was not a lot going on in this meaningless game. Um, you know, the Wings went out with a victory. It was a, it was a good game. Um, not very exciting. Like I said, it was just kind of the, you know, it's like the toilet bowl. It's like the Super Bowl for the the B squad, but. Uh, Michael Rasmussen, he he starts the the game out with a goal. He gets his fifteenth. You got Sunquist and Wallman, um, you know, on the backside getting the the assist for him. Then you've got Dawson Mercer coming back. He gets his seventeenth, and Zetterlin gets the assist. Like, and, and this is where it starts to, you know, because it starts to pick up because you've got Cider gets his seventh, um, and you've got Gagne getting his seventeenth assist. Rasm- Rasmussen getting his twelfth. Um, Rasmussen had a, a, a good two-point game th- tonight. Uh, that's something that he's really been picking up here in the last half of the season. I think he's playing grittier hockey. Now, you have a fond appreciation for the Demolition Man, and as well as, as I. That was the first jersey I ever bought. I, I loved his style of hockey. I loved that in the front of the net, that battle. Um, you know, I grew up with, you know, the little ball of hate and Felix Podvin and Dino Cicerelli. And you had Nolan foot coming back. He, uh, he got the equalizer on the cider goal. He nets his third of the season. Um, I don't know if I can hate him as much as his father, but um, he is the son of, of Adam foot, but he, uh, then you got Dougie Hamilton getting his 21st assist and Jesper uh, Boquist uh, getting his 13th assist. Uh, then you have the third period. You have Joe Valeno coming out, getting his eighth. And Burt nets his 32nd assist. And Raymond gets his 34th assist. So he keeps a point streak going. Then you've got Fabian Zetterland getting his second point of the game. He gets a goal. That's his third of the season. Nathan Hersher gets his 39th assist. Jesper Brat, uh, that's Jesper, we'll call him 2.0, um, gets his 47th. And then you've got Pui Suter gets his 15th with Verona and Hronik. Um, and Burt nets his 30th. So congratulations, Burt, getting your 30th of the season. Very, very excited. I know I just mentioned getting rid of you. Not by choice, but business is business. And I just 
think you're a pawn. But anyway, this was a good game to go out on a high note with. So that is a wrap for my part. Oh, that means I got to do the Predators recaps. I think we should. I don't know why you're complaining. Your playoffs. Yeah, it didn't go. Uh, didn't really go that well. I mean, they could have had a hundred points like every other team in the playoffs. <laughs> I, <laughs> so it started at Tampa Bay, and I know you were just talking about Tampa Bay and how great they are. They're a great team. They are like that's where you well, can engage yourself. Like if you're a playoff team and you're playing against another playoff team, that's where you have to shine. Like, who cares about if Nashville plays the Devils? Who cares if they play the Red Wings? Like, those are easy, meaningless games. Like, you need to compete against the Wild and the Flames and the Rangers and teams like that. Yeah, well, Elliott started for the Lightning this game, so it wasn't exactly going against Vasilevsky, their top goalie. Uh, I don't think it. Uh, it might have been. I don't remember. This is last. This is uh, a week ago. Um, maybe they were the first ones to start that, or the like the week ahead of time. But uh, so it was a six to two loss, and pretty much just defensive breakdowns all over the place. The bright spot for the Predators: uh, Yossi hit ninety points. Um, and, uh, he did it with, uh, 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 the Predators were wearing their stadium jerseys that they, uh, wore in Nashville against Tampa Bay. This was in Tampa Bay, so I thought that was kind of cool. But, uh, Tampa Bay got an early power play goal. I mean, this is, like, early, like, in the first minute. I, I don't know how, how the Predators got a penalty that early well like I said just turnovers and defensive breakdowns Sorelli was all alone uh, for uh, for the Lightning second goal so that put him up 2 to nothing before Yossi gets his 90th on a power play goal to cut the lead which was the closest they actually got and then another late goal by the Lightning 19 seconds left Kucherov and then the next he's good though. I mean, Cooch is a good player. I, I like him. I, I, and well, you can't, he's arrogant he, and cocky. I don't like that, but I like him on the he, ice. He was all alone for the side, and you know, just found him, and no, not not a predator anywhere near him. I don't know how. I mean, it wasn't a power play. And then Tavasino uh, scored on a backdoor pass from. Uh, Carrier, who is turning into a really good young player, a defenseman, and then uh, so of course Stankos, uh, he was on the side of the net all alone, almost a little bit deeper than Kucherov was, and then Tabay got a tip off a faceoff, and then another turnover, and Maroon. I mean, it was like a, it was a bad turnover. It was right, right inside the blue line. And Maru was just all alone. All he had to do was, like, you could have scored that. Yeah, I don't and know then, about uh, that. I would have gotten caught. Well, not, well, there wasn't anywhere near him. 
Yeah, I know. That doesn't matter with me. I'm slower than... I've got, like, cement shoes when I skate. So, that pretty much ended that game 6-2. Yeah, you just want to get in and get out of that one. Yeah, and then... Behind you. And then they return home to play Minnesota, which I thought... um, which I thought they were going to win the game because they were 3-0 against the Wild all season long, and they outscored them 17-6. And it was back-to-back games, but this game was a little bit back and forth. Um, it was an overtime loss. Riddick was a net. Uh, Forsberg got his 40th in this game. Uh and the Wild did get a goal from a Predators tap-in. Um, I originally was thought that Bovieski that I told you about. Yeah, Bur- yeah, Bovieski. Yeah, I originally thought it was a Wild, but after I saw it again, it, it definitely—I don't know what he was well, doing. It was just, to get the puck. It, it looked. It honestly looked like. Did I watch that game? And I, I loved. That was a fun game to watch again, but the puck was just in the crease, and he went in. He it was it was a bouncing puck, so he tried to backhand it out of the crease and missed it. It bounced over his stick, so his next reaction, the sticks behind him, is to go forward. So he went forward, and my guess is he was trying to shoot it to the corner, but you're on your back, you're on your behind. The net's why, I mean, that was going to be a goal no matter what. So, I mean, his only option was to try to shoot it into the corner, and unfortunately he put it in the net. And then Forsberg tied it up with his 40th, but then the Wild came right back. And even though this was you were heated supposedly it, 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 it was a I, – I don't want to say it was a controversial goal, but hey, you know appar- what? I give you permission apparently, to apparently it was a controversial goal, but Cunning pushed uh, Middleton into Riddick, and so that's why there was no interference. And apparently, and the Preds should challenge it. Why I don't know, because I was. What do you have to lose at that point? A, a penalty. They got yeah, a penalty. How much time out. was left? There was not much time left. It, it was in the middle of the period. Oh, I thought it was later in the period. Um, but yeah, the they, and, well, it was later in the period, but they still had another period to go. Um. But it was just, I mean, it was a no-brainer. I mean, Cotton pushed him in. He, uh, Middleton was actually in the act of stopping in front of the net, and Cotton's stick hit uh, Middleton's skate, knocked him down into Riddick. So that, you know, that, that put the uh, wild up. And then they got a, luckily the Preds was able to kill that penalty off. And then uh, Duchesne tied it again. And then Perez actually took the lead on Johansson's goal. But then the Wild came right back. So, like I said, it was a, it was a back-and-forth game, kind of an exciting game. And then the Wild, another late goal by the uh, Predators gave up, um, gave the Wild a 4-3 lead. But then uh, Fabro ended up uh, scoring in under five. Um, actually, it was a it was a late period goal that the Wild uh, took the lead on. Um, and then uh, and then the third period, 
uh, Fabro tied it up with under five to go. So they had a little bit of they, they turned their t turned their tight tides around in the, as far as the late period goes, and then in overtime another turnover. That that seems like the uh, seemed like the uh, hot topic of the, of the game with these turnovers, and it seems like it's been an ongoing issue the last few games. And of course Kulikov, who I I don't know how the Wild got him, but last time I knew he was a Panther. Um, but he won it for the Wild in overtime. So that moved on to their last home game of the regular season against Calgary. And, you know, their Predators had Calgary's number the whole, the whole, uh, pretty much the whole season. Uh, Saros was back in Nat, um, at least for most of the game till Calgary decided to take a cheap shot on him and injure him. Um, so the Preds did the Preds did ultimately clinch their eighth straight playoff in this game, uh, thanks to I think it was because Golden Knights lost that night. Uh, but Yossi uh, uh, the Flames scored first another early goal. And then Yossi's with a rocket uh, tied it up. So this it kind of kind of went another back and forth game. Is uh, that you know Duchesne's gave gave the Predators a lead, and then the Flames came back. Uh, the Preds had 13 shots on goal after two periods. So you know the Calgary's got a stingy defense. Um, you know, the Flames, uh, uh, Dubé, or Dub, Dubé, Dubé, I don't know how you say his name. He's, he gets it, he got both goals, he's got his second goal that tied the game, and then, uh, Forsberg, uh, gave the president our lead early in the third. Flames battled back to tie it up again, and then that's, uh, and then the Forsberg scored again to give him a lead. And I think uh, right or somewhere out in there is when uh, the Flames ran into Saros and injured him. So Riddick had to come in. And then supposedly, I don't believe, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with this call by the NHL or the rest. They did review it. Apparently, the Flames scored uh, with like they're, they're, they were saying at point one second, but the green light came on behind the goal, and the clock when they did the review, the clock was on zeros. Now I don't know how they managed to say it was point one, other than Kachuk scored the goal. Yeah, so, I think I, I hate to say this, but I, I have to say I think it was turning because Zetterberg scored a goal like that when I was there. I was actually at the game, Zetterberg against Pittsburgh, point one second left on the clock. It was a big timeout. Um, but it, it, in my honest opinion, it looked like the clock was going from 1.1 to zero when it went in. Now, I did see something. Here's something I it was some other game 
I don't know if it was this season or whatever. Uh, something about, um, actually, I think it was this week. I was watching another game. I don't remember who it was. Um, something about he was in the act of shooting the puck. Now, I understand, you know, in basketball, if if it really if you, if it releases your hand before the clock hits zero, it'll still count. Call it, it's called a continuation. But I never realized that was a thing in hockey, and I don't think it should. I don't think. Well, it I is. mean, it, it's it, not. I I don't. Well, I don't know how I it's heard not. that or where I heard that. But so yeah, you can't. It's, you can't like. Because I mean, think about it. And not, At the end of a period when somebody shoots the puck down the ice, and the the horn goes. And it goes in the net because the goalie's skating towards the bench. They don't count it. Yeah, I don't know what it, that meant. Unless it was the act of, maybe it was the whistle. Because I know the ref could say, I was in the act of blowing the whistle. But I don't I don't know. So, um, so the, you know, later after the game, uh, after I believe the Golden Knights lost that game, I don't remember who they were playing. Maybe it was the Stars. Uh, the because they lost, the Predators clinched. As I said, they're eight straight, which they are tied for second with for the longest active playoff streak. Well, at least that's another you know historic season going on for the Predators with all these uh you know Leosi with fifty points and Forsberg with over forty now, Duchene with over forty. So oh and oh I uh I. I didn't I forgot to mention uh, the Flames scored in the overtime on it? I mean, it looked like it looks like a goal that I would give up. It barely. It was just a trickler. It just barely rolled over the line. I don't know what Riddick was doing. Um, so I just had to mention that. And then they uh, so just you know they moved on to Colorado uh, at Colorado, and I was. I was really worried about this game. Um, you, know, I, you know, Colorado's a top team. Nashville just—I I don't think they match up with Colorado good at all. Now, did Colorado um, sit any of their stars in this game, or did Nashville sit any of their stars in this mm, game? Well, Nashville, no, other than Soros, because he got injured by a cheap shot by the Flames. So, what happened? Um, yeah, Riddick, I remember seeing him go down. Uh, the Flames. Uh, were crashing the net and they ran into Saros. It looked like a left ankle. Um, I don't. I haven't heard what the injury was. They're not saying what the injury is. Um, but uh, so Riddick had to come in and play. Um, so moving on to the Colorado game in Colorado. Um, I was really worried about this game. And it didn't start out very good. Um, the Preds actually, uh, they, they came back uh, after, you know, Colorado scored on their first shot of goal on a power play. Cut Cal McCarr, the outstanding rookie, who's in, in the lineup for the rookie of the year, which we'll get to a little bit later. And then um, and then the ads went up 2 to nothing. Oh, not a good sign for the Predators. Um, but former Avalanche Matt Duchesne got the Preds on the board to cut the lead. So I don't know, maybe he just loves playing against the Avalanche as he played there for 
many years and uh, a little side note on Duchesne I remember I was kind of pissed off at this at the time <laughs> I don't know how they called that a goal but when he he was playing with the Colorado Avalanche uh, playing a game against the Predators I'm not sure what year it was he was so offside it wasn't even funny he was so offside the puck was behind him I mean it was great great job to him to to, to uh, have the puck behind him but he was definitely outside and uh they scored the goal and, and he didn't have possession i know if you have possession and you're and you precede the puck it's not i outside, don't think that was but, a rule then yeah oh, oh oh it was well anyway so i that's a backstory about him yeah. I was I was sore for years after that. I know up until he became a predator, <laughs> you were sore. <laughs> so, um, getting back to this game, um, the Evs, uh, they they found a loose puck. Uh, nobody seemed to know where the hell it was. Even I mean, except for um, I don't even remember who scored it for the Avalanche. Uh, but it was in it was in the players' feet. I mean, there it looked like you could throw a blanket over all the players. There was like five guys, right? I mean, it looked like barely league hockey. I mean, they were so close together, and the puck was in one of the Predators' feet, and the Avalanche guy picked it up and shot it on that. Um, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, I can't understand that one. You know, how how nobody knew where the puck was except for one guy. Um, so that that gave them a, a huge three to one lead before Johansson uh, cut the lead a half again, uh, but then the Avs pulled again, pulled again uh, by two. So they were they were determined to to, uh, to 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 spread the game out. And then Yossi gets his ninety fifth point. Actually, yeah, he's ninety. He's got ninety five points on the season. Uh, it was a power play goal, and he uh, he made it four to three, and then Ekholm tied the game four four. <laughs> Plays for the Predators guys. Um, I think the Colorado Avalanche guys uh, they screwed up a little bit. Yep. You moron. <laughs> and they're a little antsy with the goal horn there in Colorado. <laughs> You're supposed to score when Colorado scores, not the other team. Well, so <laughs> maybe they were Preds fans. <laughs> they just took maybe the they, job because it's a job. Maybe the Predators uh, fan got into the goal horn room. <laughs> so there's some guy up there saying, "Don't hit that button." You moron! I've bet. <laughs> kind of like really what? Quick, so backstory, really quick. I gotta tell this backstory. So I mentioned last last um, episode that I did a tour at the Joe Louis Arena. Well, we get up into the press box where the guys sit, and now, mind you, it's tiny. Now this is like back when little cameras and little handheld, um, you know, video 
recorders were around. So it's very tight up there, like where guys would have to like sit out. It was just a weird setup. So we're getting this tour, and there's this little button on like kind of away from everything. Yes. And it says horn. Now the guy, the guy is sitting there and he finishes talking. And I said, Hey, what does this button do? And I pretended to put my hand over it. And the guy was like, no, don't touch that. It's like an 80 year old man. I was like, no, I'm just kidding. He's like, yeah, that's the whole stadium goal horn. It gets really loud when nobody's here. I'd probably get in trouble. And I was like, oh, let me do it one time. Just one time. That would make my life. I love the sound of that horn. I want to do it once. He's like, no. Man, it was played like 3,700 times. I didn't. I forgot what it sounded like. But, um, yeah, he wouldn't, he, he wouldn't let me, he wouldn't let me push it, but I did ask him if I could have, uh, Pat Verbeek's press card. So I, I, I was able to get that. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. So <laughs> after the, the little, I mean, it was just, I mean, they blew the horn, but it was like, just you know, a couple seconds. Like, Oh, wait a minute. That's not our goal. That's not our guy. <laughs> What if the guy still had a job? So anyway, that tied the game. That sent him in overtime, and then uh, actually Riddick actually played really good in overtime, and then um, that sent it to a shootout. And Riddick uh, once again in the shootout was lights out, which is you know surprising after the start. You know, you know it didn't start off very good. You know, the first shot, and, first shot and goal. But uh, here we go again. Matt Duchesne, the former Avalanche, the only one to score in the shootout, gave the Preds a five-four win. So that that was uh, yeah, so that that was a good way to end the uh, the uh, you know the, the little road trip. Oh, actually, they got one more one more game in Arizona. It's actually playing uh as we're recording so uh, if you join us tomorrow uh or sunday sunday, sunday. Um, yeah get well, it right sunday well if they're if they're listening to this it'll be saturday um which is true so it'll be sunday tomorrow if you're listening to us on saturday um i'll have a brief recap of the uh, pres arizona game which could determine where the Predators finish in the wild card since um, I believe Dallas won tonight against uh, uh, who did they play? The Ducks, I believe they played. So that sits them uh, a point ahead of Nashville. So all Nashville has to do is get a point tonight uh, against Arizona and they will get the uh, first wild card spot. Um, so then, um, well, they're in good so, shape to so, do that. Uh, speaking of uh, playoffs, playoffs, don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs. Uh, so that'll leave us um, into uh, our live show. We're gonna break down all the uh, matchups and everything. Um, yeah, don't forget to tune in Sunday, May first at one o'clock, one p.m. 
And the link is on uh, the uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter, and Facebook. Um, and you can also uh, get on through uh, Podbeam as well. Uh, the Eastern Conference, just briefly, the Eastern Conference is pretty much all set. Everybody, Everybody's played all 82 games as of this point. Um, so, um, yeah, we'll, I mean, we'll break it down. We'll, we'll really get into it. Um, so, so Carolina finished first in the Metro, and Florida got the Perkins Trophy, so they finished in the Atlantic, and Boston, Washington got the wild card. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll have a more in-depth playoff preview on Sunday. Yeah, we'll, so you, we'll break you, it down to matchups, and yeah, we'll we'll get really into it. And then in the, in the West, you got the same teams: Colorado, Minnesota, St. Louis, and the Central. Calgary, Edmonton, LA in the Pacific, and then Dallas and Nashville the wild card. That uh, where Dallas and Nashville finish will be determined by the Predators Arizona game tonight, and I believe that's all the positioning um, that has yet to be decided. Um, yeah, so that'll uh, we'll think, get into uh, it. We'll dive into it. We're not gonna we're not gonna give away any more spoilers. We're, we're gonna break it down. Sunday, if you want to hear more, tune in, and we'll be there 1 p.m. on Sunday, May 1st, and that's Eastern time, folks. So uh, I think real quick you have some rookie Red Wings yeah, rookies. Yeah, yeah, because uh, unfortunately the the Red Wings are not in the, the playoffs, and there's not really too much news going on besides Magnus Helberg getting his first victory tonight. Um but I wanted to talk about a couple of the up and coming, um, you know, just give some, some brief information about who we might see up in Detroit next year. Um, and, and the first one is Elmer Soderblom. Uh, he's 6'8, 250 pounds. He's excellent with the puck. Uh, he's a left wing. So that is a power forward, if I've ever seen one. Um, I think he's got a lot of raw talent. I think he's got the ability to also grow quite a bit. And I think we'll probably see him. In definitely Grand Rapids, possibly up with Detroit, but he's been playing for Frölunda in the Swedish league, um, and now he, after not making the playoffs with Frölunda, he's now playing with a Swedish national team, and he's played 52 games this year. He's had 21 goals, 12 assists. He's got 33 points, um, but he's a he's a big guy. Like he's t- difficult to move, and that's something the Red Wings are lacking is is big and fast. Like you see a guy like Patrick Maroon, and um, he's just a monster on skates. Zidane Char, I mean, he's just a freak. But this guy is huge, and he can skate. Um, and we're going to kind of take a jump over to the next is Jonathan Bergeron. And we were really hoping to see him in Detroit this year. I was kind of disappointed he didn't come up um, and, and get at least one look. But he's 5'11", 194 pounds, a little on the shorter side, but he's he's – stronger um, than, than most at that size. Um, and he's been playing for the Griffins. He's got 68 games with 20 goals, 40 assists, total of 60 points. Uh, definitely earned a spot. I think we'll definitely see him up in Detroit next year. And I think there's a lot of high hope for him to grow into a much better player um, than he is with uh, with Grand Rapids right now. But we'll see. I, I think he's going to help the team. I th- I'm really excited. You know, I, I know this year was kind of a bust, but I'm really excited. Uh, two two last players I want to talk about. 
is you've got Carter Mazur, who is 20 years old. He's six foot, 170 pounds. Um, he's playing for Jackson, Michigan. Uh, he's um, he was a 2021 third round pick by Detroit. He was sixth overall. Uh, he's got 41 games played with 14 goals and 24 assists. He's got 38 points. He's almost averaging a point a game. Uh, he also won the NCHC Freshman of the Year, and the NCHC is a National Collegiate Hockey Conference. For anyone wondering. Um, and he also holds the most goals scored as a freshman record. So the kid's good. He's got skills. He's uh, he's young. He's a good player. And I think he's going to be one of those players that is going to be looking to crack the lineup next year as well. And I think, again, with all this youth, I, I think that's great. But we're going to have to complement it with a strong veteran in the back end. So I think you'll see Eisman grab a big, uh, a big free agent this year. Uh, to compliment all these young guys, but we'll see what happens. Last person I want to talk about is there's actually two, but I'm gonna. It's one position. I'm gonna go with Sebastian Casa. He's a goalie. He's six foot six. He's a big dude. He's only 19 years old, um, and he's right now he's currently playing with the the Edmonton Oil Kings. Um, he's had 46 games played. His goals against average is 2.28, which is a little bit higher than average, um, and his save percentage is right on par at 9.13%, so, or 0.913%, I'm sorry. Um, so he's playing good, He's or 91%. But he's playing good. He's, he's a good player. I think he is going to be, um, of the two, you've got Philip Larson, who's, who's also a very good goalie. But I, I think you'll probably see Casa with the wings at some point, and Larson will probably be that call-up. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Ned will be gone. But those are your wings to watch for the 2023 season, folks. You heard it here. Those folks will be on the Red Wings roster. And that's that's what I got about that. And uh, Before we get into our new segment that we'll discuss, um, we forgot to uh, the our game predictions. Um, oh, yeah. What was our record I, with that? I think I had a good week. Uh, I think we flipped. I think I need to stay off the betting apps, and you need to start betting because you I was hundred percent right. You were three and zero, and I was zero and four, uh, except yeah. for the the Arizona. I did pick Arizona, or um, the, I did pick the Predators to beat Arizona. And currently, as we're recording, the Predators have a four to one lead with four minutes left on the first Ooh. period. They actually had a four nothing lead, scoring early. Oh, here comes the demise. Well, I don't want to go right into the down. recap. But, um, we'll yeah, we have a new uh, segment that we're going to introduce to you. Um, I'll let for all, for all you listening, it, it's called The Rant Room. And this is my platform to just go off on any topic I feel like during the week that has just royally pissed me off. So I, I, I watch a lot of hockey news, and I just follow a lot. So whatever pisses me off is going to be a part of this Rant Room. So hit it, Dan. You are now entering the right room. This week, we're going to talk about how Vegas is ruining their goalies. Uh, Peter DeBoer, you know, you, you are just terrible. Bill Foley, sell the team. Kelly McCrimmon, step down. Like, you guys are an embarrassment to the NHL. You guys are an embarrassment to your players, your fans. 
Um, you've really let a lot of people down over the last couple of years here. And we're going to break it down a little bit here. So the salary cap has been an issue for these morons for quite some time. So they had to dump $7 million in cap to even be adequate. So who was the first to go? Didn't necessarily want to leave. He was he was happy and content playing there. But Mark Andre Fleury, he sent packing. See ya. We're gonna send a Stanley Cup champion, one of the best goaltenders in the league, somebody that you can really ride into a playoff or not ride, as we found out. Um, but they ran this kid out of out of Dodge to save seven million dollars. Why you're in seven million in debt to begin with is beyond me. Like, did you? I mean, this isn't layaway where you, you can borrow and pay later. Like you, you, you realize this is the NHL and you've got a salary cap to abide by. Like how, how ridiculous are you? But flurry, um, you know, before Peter DeBoer comes to town, who's a God awful coach and a figure for this, this team, I, I don't even, I don't even know what he's doing, but under Gerard Gallant, you have, Flurry has 29 wins and 35 wins, two of the best seasons of his career under Gerard Gallant. And then instantly DeBoer comes in in 2019 and 2020, and he drops down to 27 wins and 26 wins. Like, yeah, not a lot different from that first one, but it's a steady decrease. So you're seeing his stats already drop. So DeBoer, good job at that, and then a good job at running him out. So you obviously don't know how to manage a team, but – you know, it is what it is. Seven million gone. Boom. Bye bye. See a flurry. He's gone. So don't let the door hit you on the way out. We appreciate what you did. And I hope DeBoer is really, really disappointed in his, his choice to let him go because now they're on the outside looking in. But let's fast forward. You want to talk about ruining goalies? We talk about this guy on a regular basis. Robin Leonard. Robin Leonard is actually a very good goaltender. He's had a tough shake he's had some personal demons he's felt with which some might see him as not so good of a goalie but Robin Leonard is actually not that bad of a goalie the Islanders fans were disappointed when he got moved from the island because he played very well for the island he played very well for Vegas and rumors are starting to come out that a long time ago Leonard brought it to the attention of the Knights team so again Bill Foley, Kelly McCrimmon, and Peter DeBoer are told that Leonard has possibly a, a, a season-ending knee injury. Okay, that's great. So they tell him, you got to play this week. So he goes in and he plays. He allows one goal on 13 shots. He gets a bizarre yanking. DeBoer comes on disputing all claims that, oh, no, he's perfectly fine. He, he's he's ready to go, and he's he's perfectly ready. Everything is fine. Well, then why did you pull him after one goal? What is the thought process on that? If he's fine and he's not injured, why'd you yank him? That's not a bad statistic. One, You're 12 for 13 on your saves, and you get pulled? No, there's definitely something more going on. So... A little bit of time goes on, and now Leonard's starting to miss some practices. Rumors are coming out. DeBoer saying, oh, no, maintenance days. Ah, we're just resting him. You know, he, he doesn't need to take all this load. Um, you know, just he's refute, refuting all claims and of, of Leonard being injured. So finally, Leonard comes out and goes, no, none of this is true. I actually need surgery. 
they're not gonna they're not gonna let me. So what do they do? They make Robin Leonard make a decision to either get the surgery and save his livelihood after the NHL, or he has to stay and suffer through the pain and potentially risk everything. So Leonard says, you know what, I'm gonna stick it to you. I'm out of here. I'm going to get my freaking surgery, and there's nothing you're going to do about it. Last thing I'm going to say before we go in here, I'm just going to show how much of a clown this Pete DeBoer is. His comment after Leonard chooses to take care of himself in his knee injury that could end his career, end his livelihood, he takes care of it because his team is not supporting him, and DeBoer has the galls to to say this. The announcement speaks for itself. I'm now concerned about the guys that are here battling with us tonight. Okay, so you're just going to throw this guy to the curb. You're an idiot. I'm glad you're on the outside looking in. I hope you're out of the NHL. You're a disgrace to all the fans and the players. So, DeBoer, Foley, McCrimmon, I hope you guys continue to implode. Good luck. Wow, that was an interesting first rant room discussion. How so, do you not see? I mean, how do you not? How do you look, not feel for the guy a little bit, Leonard? I mean, how look, do you not feel for him? It sounds like the kind of same thing Eichel was going through with his uh, sur- injury and surgery in Buffalo. But does that make you a can? Eichel's a cancer for other reasons than the surgery. So is Leonard. Buffalo, Buffalo. When he's on, when he's on the wagon. Yeah, but he hasn't been on the wagon. That's, I mean, there's other players that have been on the wagon recently. I mean, All right. Cut the guy some slack. Well, yeah, let's move on. Rant, rant, uh, so moving to the Predators story news. Uh, before the, the, this is in Tampa Bay. Uh, during the warm-ups, uh, Yossi went and got a stick from the bench and handed it to a fan over the glass. Uh, and uh, well, he he reached his 90th point in that game against Tampa Bay, as I mentioned earlier. He's the first defenseman to reach 90 since the 1993-94 season uh, when Ray Borkin did it. And as as currently last night, he got his 95th point against the Avalanche. Uh, Yossi's favored to win the Norris. I don't know how he can't. How can he not win the Norris? Oh, you got the guy's Kevin having an Carr. unbelievable year. The guy, the guy's going to win the Norris Trophy. There's, there's no doubt about it. He's the best right. defenseman playing this year. He's already won it once. I don't care if he's oh. won it a hundred times. The guy's putting the numbers up. He's playing the game at an extremely high level. He's elite. He's one of the best defensemen playing the game right now. And a lot of people don't see it because he's on the Predators. The NHL doesn't like giving awards to the Predators. I don't either. even. I wouldn't even say that, but I just think they're an underrated team. They fly under the radar a lot. That whole city does. Uh, so that's all the Predators news um, I have. I don't have any new updates on Yasaro's uh, injury. Um, hopefully, I'll have some for our live show on Sunday as we break down the matchup. Um, so it's looking like uh, Predators might end up playing in the Flames. So yeah, uh, I think I think his injury, from what I was reading from a couple of sources, is um, an ankle injury, high ankle injury. That's not good for a goalie. You no, need that, you need that ankle. Yeah, it's and, not good for. 
Uh, Riddick is too. Uh, we'll get into him more Sunday. So I remember uh, Saros knocked the net off like seven times in that game. Well, so did so did Riddick when he's trying to big save Dave. Out. <laughs> take taking himself out. Hey, just to chime in, <laughs> Try, here. trying to go after a loose uh, puck in the air. Just to chime in here, I've got two players playing in fantasy. They're both in the third period. And I am up twenty eight seventy six to D Law, who is at twenty eight twenty one. The projected final three. score is twenty eight seventy six oh four to twenty eight seventy eight fifty six. Two points they're predicting Less this is two. gonna come down to. Less a than one two and points. a half. That is like one blocked shot away that could from be Winning or losing Yossi. the championship. That could be Yossi. Well, I was going to say, got, I hope he breaks his ankle. But Yossi's got that. 21 points in this game. Uh, Eckholm is out because of uh, a rest day. And and uh, Forsberg has 17 and a half points. He's got one assist, so I need him to get a goal. But moving on to the NHL news, um, did you realize that the Panthers, uh, Weger, what's his first name? I, I'm blurring blank on his first name. Uh, Weger, the defenseman Weger for the Panthers, Who? was a the I'm Panthers. Kidding. Kidding. Yeah, well, that much. A lot of probably what a lot of teams thought about 15 months ago. <laughs> he was he was a waiver addition 15 months ago by the Panthers. Who wave? Who waved him? I don't have that answer. <laughs> so, so, I mean, I just think that's interesting. I mean, that I don't know who was the re- who in the Panthers organization scout or GM to yes. find to to take a chance, and because he's really developed into a great. I mean, he's probably a first line defenseman on a great Panthers team. Uh, I'm sure we'll get into that. Do you know who waved him? Probably Winnipeg. or well, Definitely wasn't the Predators, because I know he wasn't a Predator. It looks like the Panthers waved him. Oh, so they waved him and they got him back? Like a Danny DeKaiser. Yeah, he got rid of you. <laughs> ah, nobody else wants you. We got to keep you, so we might as well put you in. Oh, well, maybe... Uh... Maybe the Wings are hoping that's going to be DeKaiser's case. Maybe well, DeKaiser could be another Uyghur. That would be nice. Uh, so, uh, I, I want to get into... It's Mackenzie Uyghur, by the way. Just so Mackenzie. You know. uh, yeah, 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 Mackenzie. Okay. I don't know how Mac Uyghur. Mac Uyghur. Now... Um, there's an ongoing issue. Well, I don't know if it's an issue, I, as far as I'm concerned. About every team in the Eastern Conference playoff team has over 100 points. Every team, every playoff team in the West, besides Los Angeles, who should have probably got 100 points, they're sitting at 99. Dallas and Nashville currently, you know, 97 points for Predators, and Dallas is currently a point ahead of with 98. So you might as well say they pretty much got 100 points because I know the Predators could easily have 100. Now, 
It's not special. I remember I remember years ago, 100 points was a special achievement, and you know, one maybe two teams got it. But it, 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 was, it wasn't enough. Now, if I'm going to be correct here, I always felt like it was the rush to get to 100, almost like. Almost like the uh, first team to uh, it was college, always, you know, it was like first the first team to, to score a hundred will get the president's trophy, right? Or you something got, like exactly, that. Exactly, exactly. Yep. yep. Now That's it's it now now it's a hundred points. You got to get into the playoffs, and yeah. it's because of the extra point overtime, and then uh, the row column that they added for the regulation overtime. Um, I, case in point. The Minnesota Wild and the St. Louis Blues. The Minnes they well, they were tied in points, but I mean Minnesota has pulled away as of late. Um, but if they were tied in points, the tiebreaker would go to the row column instead of the win column, and um, well, Minnesota has more wins. Well, they also have more rows too. But at the, at the time, uh, St. Louis had more rows, regulation overtime wins. Now, let me ask you this than question. Minnesota. I, I want to have a conversation about this with you. So, what is your suggestion for the overtime format? Well, and also with the overtime point, it you know teams going to overtime they're you know, they become more conservative. They know, oh, well, we, we got the point. So, you know, they're not going to go for it. And even even when they get into overtime, they kind of like, oh, we got the point. Let's, maybe we can get into the skills competition, the shootout. Yes, I know it's for the fans, and the fans love the shootout. And, you know, even I like You know what I actually like more than but, a shootout uh, myself? I would rather see three-on-three three hockey until a goal is scored well, because I, it, it is so much faster and it's it's wide open. And yeah, but I would with, prefer to see that than with that a, excites me more than a than a shootout. With the three-on-three three now, it's almost like football, where it's like one team has a possession of the puck. It's like they had the possession and they're going to get the possession. They're going to keep the possession. Till they get a shot and goal, I kind of kind, kind of like football. Yeah, but I don't think it's nearly as. Prevalent. And then and then they change position, you know, and then they they would change position. I mean, it's not. Yeah, I still like, don't. I still don't think that it's. I still don't think that it's as prevalent as football, because you make a save, you get a rebound, then the puck goes all the way down the ice for a breakaway. I mean, that's how these games are. You know, you get a save, and then all of a sudden the defenseman gets the puck, and you've got. You know, like in Detroit's case, you might have Tyler Bertuzzi sitting at the blue line with nobody around him because all of the, we'll use the Devils, let's say, is in the offensive zone. Detroit's in the defensive zone. Detroit gets possession, and all of a sudden it's a deep pass to Bertuzzi for a breakaway. So or I mean, a bad I f- pass. Or it could be a bad yeah. pass for an icing. I mean, but I feel like the game or is spread out. a bad pass out, for a turnover. And I don't, I don't feel that it's – one-sided all the time it might look that way occasionally because obviously if a team gets the puck they might pass it and go into the zone then they get out of the zone then they pass it back to the goalie they just try to set up the play it's got to be perfect so getting to that point where everything is set up that does take some time so that's why it might feel like oh one team has the puck the whole time but it's it's a chess match in those three on threes and i i think that excites me I would love to see a three-on-three three until the game is over. 
and it's not going to be one of these all night every day. You're you're going to have one, of course. I like the playoffs, but it's the same thing with a shootout. You might have a shootout that goes thirty rounds one time in a hundred years. You know, or yeah. you know, so who cares if a game goes a couple extra periods? And, but I say you do three on three or four on four, and I actually saw something that was kind of neat. Um, it was just a hypothetical thing, and I want you, let's get your opinion on this. So the guy says. What I'd like to see is you do a five-minute five-on-five. If no goals are scored, you do a five-minute four-on-four. If no goals are scored, then you finish three-on-three three until a goal is scored. It sounds like well, it sounds like adult. Uh, sometimes youth hockey, but like adult league, like tournaments. You know, if it goes overtime, they play a five-minute five-on-five. And then if nobody's, which usually doesn't happen because usually somebody scores, then they'll go to a four-minute four-on-four, and then they'll go to a three-minute three-on-three, and then okay. if nobody scores, they go to shootout. Um, obviously, it doesn't go even to the four-minute four-on-four, but I want to see more emphasis on teams going in the third period because especially late in the third period, if it's tied, they, you know, unless they really need the point regulation, they kind of sit back and just play defensive and just play to not they do. Lose. They kill, they and because they know they got that point, because they know right. they got that point. So I don't know. Maybe same token, maybe maybe, same uh, token. maybe take you know give the point, but then if if you lose in overtime, take that point away. Yeah, so but I'm maybe also, so. why give it to him to begin with then? Yeah, that's true. No, I was just saying, like on the same, like on the same flip of the coin, you know, we can sit there and say that, you know what, we want to cut the point out. You either win or you lose. You get two points or no points. And I agree with that. I I think that's that's the way I grew up. That's you know, it's you can't teach an old dog new tricks. That's what I grew up with. That's what I like. But at the same time, though. If everybody's getting that point, and you made this point earlier, everybody has 100 points. There are very few teams that don't have 100 points. So, on the same token, getting that second point is actually extremely important because you want to have a higher 100-plus points than everybody else. So, you do need to get that second point. Yeah, and even Vancouver, who missed the playoffs and was fourth in a wild card chase, ended up with over ninety points. See, I think I think what what is going to happen is just that hundred points is now going to be one hundred and twenty points. First team to hit one hundred and twenty is going to well, hit. Florida's got one hundred and twenty-two. Well, Colorado's, Colorado got one hundred nineteen because the Predators beat them. Well, who's gonna who's gonna win the uh, President's Trophy then? Uh, well, Florida already clinched it. Uh, okay, so. Last night. My point is the new hundred is 120. The magic number is first person, first team to 120 is going to win the president's trophy. I unfortunately think that's how it's going to be because everyone loves a shootout. I hate it. Um, I think they, I think they, NHL did that for the fans. I think, I, I don't know. I haven't really heard any, uh, you know, if the players like it or love it, we'll have to dig in, you know, have to do some research and see, you know, get some player reactions on how, you know, yeah. what they think. You know, we've got, but, we've got hockey but, uh, players right around our neighborhood, you know, right here in Rochester, we've got our own little AHL we can start with and, you know, see how they like it because they they follow the same format. Um, but uh, did you realize the Panthers? Speaking of the Panthers, uh, 
They lead the NHL with 13 overtime wins. Um, Come that, on. That might have. So, you know, that kind of goes into the uh, roll column. That probably um, they had, well, let's see, that would be 26 points right there. So that puts them over 100. You know, if you take those points away, they're, they're below 100 points. Um. They also have a franchise record, 13 straight wins. I believe that was ended. Uh, I don't remember who ended that one. Uh, was it Ottawa, maybe? Uh, not sure. Yeah, I remember, don't remember. But ended. Um, and then ju- just briefly, uh, a local connection. I believe he's from Ithaca, or did he go to school yep. in Ithaca? No, I believe he's, at th- I believe he's from uh, Ithaca, New York. The Kings' Dustin Brown is retiring after the playoffs. Yep. He's had a great career, a couple yep. Stanley Cups. He's actually brought the Stanley Cup to this area. Yep, and uh, oh. congratulations, sir, on your fine decorated career. It's been a pleasure watching you and rooting against you. Um, but I definitely love the game that you brought. I love the passion. I love what you've done for the community. Uh, it's If you Google a sto- any story, the guy is just a stand-up guy. So congratulations on the retirement and – Hopefully you can stay within the organization or better yet, come back to upstate New York and try to get into, uh, get in with Buffalo or Rochester, but oh, I'm sure he'll be here somewhere. Yep. Uh, so that'll lead us into the rookie watch, the NHL rookie watch. Yeah, I still, I'm going to tell you my, my two favorites are still Mo Sider and, um, Tanner, you know, I think both of them, um, you know, I, I just think that both of them bring a, a different dynamic and a different need to their teams, and they're both successful at doing it. They both put points on the board, and they are more well-rounded than any of the other people in the pack. Zegras, yeah, he makes fancy goals. It's cute. It's fun to watch. But when you really look at it, you know, like Cider and Janot, they bring so many different angles to the game. and like Sider's very smart. He's methodical when he has the puck. You know, his he's just very smooth. He shows no emotion. He was asked about the Calder Trophy, and he said, I, I don't even care. I don't care if I win it. I don't care if I lose it. I don't care if, if, if it didn't even exist because I'm here to play and I'm here to compete, and I'm just going to do the best I can. If that gets me a trophy, great. If it doesn't, great. Obviously, yes. you've got Tanner know who brings a level of physicality. He reminds me a lot of a more skilled Darren McCarty. That's not a shot at you, D-Mac. I love you. I enjoyed watching you. It was fun. You brought the energy. But I think Janot, just he's got a, a higher upside on the offensive side. Um, he likes to fight. He likes to get physical. He likes to play. Um, but I, I I think he brings that dynamic to the to the Predators, that they really need and he can score a lot of goals. So, you know, I think he's got what 24 goals. Raymond has 23 goals. So yeah, he's, he's a good player. You've got Michael Bunting, the 40 year old rookie. Um, You know, he's obviously a candidate. He's injured. So you're not seeing him the last couple of games. That tells me he might not be, he, he might not be, he might be too fragile for the league. Uh, some players are like that, but you have Lucas Raymond up there. Um, then you've got Anton Lundell. You know, that's that's a name that 
I haven't brought up yet, but the kid's playing good. I mean, on his, he, Genoa is leading rookie goals with 24, uh, followed by Bunting, which I, I still think he's irrelevant, 23. Raymond is tied with him with 23. And Zegers also has 23 goals. Um, so they're, they're getting a little race. Uh, oh, Zegers is still – is that game a final? Um, oh, I don't know. I don't know if this is updated. Um, as far as assists, you got Sider with 43, leading uh, Bunting with 40, and then uh, and then uh, uh, points uh, points for rookies. Um, you got uh, Michael Bunting with 63, um, and then you got Zegers with 60. Yeah, but I still think I still feel like a lot of people discredit Lundell. I mean, the kid's got 44 points. He's playing great hockey right now. 18 goals, 26 assists. Um, another very well-rounded player. Sees the ice very well. Good passing, good puck protection. Um, you know, I, I'm, I think this is one of the best rookie classes in a very long time where you've got so many people actually truly battling for the Calder. Like, if any one of these guys got mentioned, I wouldn't even... I wouldn't even think about it and say, oh, man, Cider got robbed. But I, I really think that any one of these guys are, you know, I, I, all of them are very deserving of the award. Um, and, and the one thing I will say about, like, a Moritz Cider is he's he is the number one D-man on the team in his first season up here. He's the number one D-man. So... That's the first thing. Second thing is he's produ- he's creating production on an extremely subpar team. Like if you brought Taylor Janot, Michael Bunting, or Trevor Zegris to Detroit, do they have the same success that they are having within their organizations? And obviously that's a, a guess you obviously don't know but my answer is no i don't think you do detroit's in a very raw beginning of a of a rebuild and they just don't have the pieces to be successful i mean the record speaks for itself the constant blowouts i don't think if you put these guys on detroit they're going to have the season that they're having but now you've got a guy like Raymond. He's got good line mates, but you, you've got a guy like Raymond and a guy like Cider, who are on the the worst team of all the teams that were mentioned. I just think that, yeah, those guys are you have a little more of an edge. So, uh, just I, I really want to get into more of a discussion on this maybe next week, um, but just just a brief. Uh, you know, as as we're going, we've been talking about the playoff race coming down, and then you know this, all these players getting uh, maintenance days. Like Uyghur was out uh, for a rest, Giroux was out for a rest, even tonight. Tonight, you, you know, on my fantasy team alone, I had four players out. I mean. It might be good for the players, you know, to get the rest, but I, I just not sold on this maintenance day thing. 
And I'm going to give you an example. It, here, it's not good for the fans because the fans sure are going. The fans are buying tickets. They're going to these games, buying tickets to these to see these stars. And all of a sudden, they're not playing because they need a rest. And the and the fans are like, "Well, I wanted to see him play. Maybe well, then, then go to a different may, game." Well, maybe they couldn't. Maybe this is their first game. They uh, play eighty-two you know. games. Don't pick the last week to go. Ever. Well, may, maybe ever maybe they get you know life happens. Maybe they're not. Maybe they don't have the opportunity to well, go. And they got to deal with not seeing the stars. I mean, plain and simple. Well, and I know you and I don't don't agree on this topic. And that's okay. I just think that if it's at the end of the season and everything is decided. It screws up fantasy, too. It does screw up fantasy. And and all these betting apps. Yeah, but (laughs) but still, I'm not worried about all that. That's a Pete Rose issue, not us. But Well, they don't bet on their own teams. Well, no, if they're not playing, they can't. But anyway... um, if somebody's got any, I mean, I know you want to call it an injury, but hockey's a physical sport. You know, let's. Let, I want to have some good dialogue on this. I think this is a good topic. Um, but you get guys, and I agree, you want to go see the Stars play. You know, I, I went, I forget what game I went to, and I think Datsuk was sitting, and I was, like, so upset. I was like, oh, he's he's got an off day Main, today. Maintenance day. Whatever they I think he might have actually had a lingering injury. Um, but anyway, you play 82 games. It's physical. This your 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 body is getting beat on and abused for 82 games. And at the end of the season, when you want to go into the playoffs, like you want these guys to be fresh, you want them to be ready, you want them to be re-energized, and getting a few days off yeah. where it's not having to be at the rink and resting and. If you have some minor bumps or bruises, then you can let them heal and you're ready to go. Why risk further injury to your stars? I don't know. I let mean, me ask I, you this I, example. I, Tonight, you're playing a game. I know you want that first wild card. Let's say that wasn't a well, factor. Yeah, it's either we play Colorado or Calgary. Well, let's say that we, we don't play that as a factor. Let's say things are decided and you're you have literally nothing to play with. If you win... Your wild card one. If you lose your wild card one, it literally has zero implications on what happens to your team. So you put Forsberg out there tonight, and he gets head hunted. Now he's going to be out six to eight weeks. Yeah, but did they actually do that? I mean, we're not playing. I Why mean, maybe, wouldn't you? May, maybe if you're playing against Marshawn, yeah. But I mean, do do That's other players? Team. Do, yeah, of course. I, I don't. I don't think players do that. They're not going to come out and say unless you're Marchand. But maybe Marchand or Richie would do that, but I don't think anybody in Arizona. I mean, I don't think Arizona has any goons. I don't know. I I don't really watch that 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 team. Beagle. Oh, that's right. He's the one that cross checked. Assaulted Terry. Yeah. Yeah. But but I mean, we'll move on from this segment. But what I want to say to you is we. we can, we can we uh, can we we can uh, visit this uh, and maybe next week or sometime. I do. We're, yeah, we're, we will. We're running. We're running uh, low on time right now. Okay. Um, I'm going to ask that question to you. You're not going to avoid that question. Um. So yeah, keep that thought. Write it down. We'll, we'll discuss this next week or the week you know coming up. Um. But I want to definitely get into you know we lost. Uh, 
I think we mentioned this last week, Guy Lafleur. Yeah, we did. Um, but you know, and as we pretty much talked about last week, uh, Montreal had an emotional tribute, uh, and it was fitting that it was before uh, the Boston game. Uh, you know, Boston Montreal big time Ryan was going way back, so just kind of fitting that it just happened to fall. I mean, not saying that's a good time to, for him to die, but. It just it, maybe he had you know. It made for a good send off and a good know, tribute. You know, and, and you know, Gifford had a lot of battles with the Boston Bruins, so maybe he had a, you know, maybe he was silent, you know, just thinking. I'm gonna know, do it this, now. This would be the best time to sign. do it. <laughs> Not that so, he had much choice but, in the matter. Um, and then uh, the Sharks uh, scoreboard guy has a little. Um, a little uh, uh, sense of humor, I guess you would call it. He uh, he put up a cryptic message on the on the scoreboard. I don't know if you've seen it. I, I, uh, the, I did. Our uh, Twitter uh, our Twitter feed had, uh, I believe, we uh, re- retweeted that uh, that tweet about that um, what he said about uh, the knights in cryptic message. After the knights. So that I, I thought that was. I thought that was kind of cool. And uh, so um, I didn't realize this. So I didn't realize I heard this uh, earlier um, today, I believe it was. There has been 118 total goalies used in NHL this season. Yeah, 118 total goalies used in the NHL this season. Um. So that'll move us briefly. There's not, there wasn't too many fines or suspensions. Yeah, there, there was the, um, the fine, you know, the twenty-two thirty-five for Arthur Kaliev. Um, he didn't get suspended. He did avoid the suspension, uh, but they did get, he did get fined because he cross-checked Josh Mahura, and it was just unnecessary. Um, so he took the penalty of the game misconduct, took the fine of twenty two thirty five and forty two cents, which is a max allowable under the league's collective bargaining agreement. Um, but yeah, he's still eligible to be there. He's still eligible to play. So they took yeah, his lunch. I, they did. They just took his lunch money and yeah. told him not to do it again. Yeah, I, uh, I didn't. I, I was watching that game. I didn't really see it, but it happened. It was like four seconds left in the game. Um, we don't. Uh, that leads us into our good news segment. Good news, good news, good news. I thought I wanted. Not too. I don't really have a lot of good news, but uh, I guess this would fit in there. Malcolm Subban. Uh, I still I believe he still plays. He sung the national anthem uh, before the Buffalo uh, game. Um, so yeah. Um, so Malcolm Subban, uh, he did a really good job. Uh, yeah, Malcolm Subban did a really good job singing the national anthem uh, before the Buffalo game tonight. Well, at least and, he does something good. Yeah, well, I think he's still a goalie. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, Buffalo played Chicago. So does he still with Chicago maybe? I'm not sure. Um, well, he singing the anthem, he probably wasn't playing. Well, yeah, obviously he wasn't playing. He actually had a Buffalo Sabres jersey, too. Yeah, I thought I saw that. I thought I saw that. Um, And it was in Buffalo. 
So, uh, before we wrap it up, um, well, I don't want to rub it in, but, you know, this is comes to a time of show where we discuss game previews. It's, yeah, pretty, pretty <laughs> that, that pretty much sums up the game previews for Detroit. Hey, hey, hey. Come on. Nope. You're, you're killing me here. Wait, let's, let's segue into this again. Playoffs? Hey, hey. Let's talk about playoffs? You kidding me? I just hope we can win a game. That's hey, hey, Ranton. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about the Red Wings in their uh, upcoming games. <laughs> well, they got a lot of off-season questions, but we yeah. can discuss that next week when we have more time. Yeah, um, absolutely. Well, I don't want to. The Predators. Well. I mean, it's pretty much the same, you know. I yeah, all the games are wrapped up, so we don't have to worry about any of the games. I don't really have any games yet. I mean, obviously, it will uh, on on our Sunday show because uh, we'll, we'll know the matchups then. We don't know that. We don't really. Know. It, it's going to be either Colorado or Calgary, and right now it's looking more like Calgary. So we'll we'll do. We'll, I'll deal with the. Um, the pre the how a whole matchup a breakdown of matchup on our Sunday live show at at one p.m. Yep. And uh, just before we uh, head out, let's have a little f- uh, fantasy update. Uh, update. Uh, I'm actually trailing by uh, just about sixty points, a little under sixty points. Oh boy, and you've uh, got. You still got okay. about half a game left, so uh, you have nobody remaining, and I have three games remaining. Yeah, you have th- you have about. So Forsberg only has nineteen points tonight. Well, Ekholm my, is out, but your max your max out at twenty eighty, and my max is only twenty eight sixty three. So we well we'll know who. This won. is going to come down to the wire. So tune into the live show to find out who wins our fantasy league because, folks, it is coming down to the wire. Like, it really is. Yeah, and it's it. exciting. It's an exciting game. Like, I'm probably going to just keep watching this score tick. Or maybe I'll turn on the uh, the Predators game and just pray that they don't do anything else. They're yeah, already winning, well, so I hope they bench Yossi. Ha- ha- halfway through the period. Why, why as, play Yossi? Why, why play Yossi? Because uh, he's going out there 100 points. What is he at now? Uh, he's at ninety-five. What did he? He had uh, one assist. Oh, he's not going to hit a hundred points. He well, he might. He yeah, he's got one assist so far tonight. Um, yeah, he's not going to get four more assists. Well, you never know. We you don't. Half, you don't. You're right. We still got half a game to go. And this if they're is playing Arizona. Detroit, I'd say all day long. You'd, well, you'd though, not get it. Now Arizona's not that much better. I mean, what is it? Arizona is uh, dead last in the West with 55 points. They actually tied Montreal. Well, Montreal got the number one seed or the number one seed, the number one, uh, the number one draft pick or whatever it is. Well, they still got the draft lottery. Oh, so that's another episode in the books. Episode. And uh, don't forget to tune in to the live playoff preview show. This, I believe, will be our first 
playoff or our first live show. Um, it'll be Sunday, May 1st at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. So if you do happen to be listening uh, outside of the Eastern, Eastern Time Zone, whether you're in the Central, maybe Pacific, somewhere else that's not in the East, it'll be the 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Before we wrap it up here, D-Law, just a friendly reminder to all those listening to us that you we can be found at any major podcast tuning station. So tune in, subscribe to us, listen to us. Um, and if you have any questions about the show or about us, um, you know, or, or comments or feedback for us, you know, don't hesitate. We're, we're very open, responsive. So shoot us an email. You know, we, we can be reached at predwingspodcast at gmail.com. Um, feel free to send us a me- message on Twitter or Facebook, and we can uh, certainly connect with you. You know, we love we love the fans that we have right now. And so go ahead and subscribe to the channel, and, and we'll keep putting out the Pred Wings content. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Pred Wings Podcast. Good night, Hockey Town. See ya, Smashville. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs?